0: This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I'm Sam Sachs. I'm Sam Knight. We are broadcasting out of the intern. Nate is not a worker. Studios in Washington, D.C. Check out the website. District Sentinel. Com. And we are back. Gone about a week and a half. I guess right off the top, we should get to some of the stuff we missed. And don't worry, we're not going to do what you think we're going to do, which is just rant about John McCain the entire show. But we are going to spend the uh, beginning of the show ranting about John McCain. Plus, good news, we get to unveil...
1: Our new index, which shows the percentage of government buildings where
0: the flag is or is not at half staff, <laughs> that is true. That is true. Uh, Sam Knight, where were you when you heard the news?
1: I was actually at a bar with intern Nate. Really? Yeah, and uh, oh. and other people.
0: Cool, cool. And uh, this is something you've been waiting for for a while. Not not as much as as Kissinger. But did you have the tweet queued up? Did you have a tweet queued up ready to go, or did it catch you by surprise a bit?
1: No, I, uh, I, I, I have a Kissinger tweet ready. Yeah. On account of. But his, you didn't have a McCain I, one. I didn't really have a McCain one. I wow. think I just let the, uh, the moment speak for itself.
0: <laughs> uh, once again, we saw uh, liberals show how much they love the flag too. Trump did one good thing this weekend, which was raise the flag back up from half-staff, then was pressured to issue a proclamation today, again, lowering the flag at the White House to half-staff. I was a bit surprised that, because
1: we were talking about this this morning, I thought that the only way Trump would try to come back from this is to say that I will personally raise the flag and make a moment where he would get on TV to do it. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if he asked if he could do it, and and someone said they would resign if he did or something. But it it, it was pretty it was comedy gold all day. Yeah, definitely uh, was. It, it
0: was pretty good. Um, other comedy gold that we saw is some of the DC reporters, uh, showing how, what what a great man John McCain was. Because he one time told a joke to them. Yeah, the the
1: volume of tweets from Washington journalists and and other sorts of uh, national security clingers on about what a great person John McCain is because they saw him at some fucking you know corn roast or some shit. I don't know what people go to the 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 fucking barbecue pig roast corn corn boil at that <laughs> the, at the local <laughs> corn boil. And uh, it was just—it was just mind-boggling. The 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 better ones, though, was I—I I don't know if Ana Navarro had any tweets about personally encountering John McCain, uh, but when she tweeted that McCain and Aretha Franklin would be hanging out in heaven, mm. Mm. that was that was something else.
0: Uh it, it just shows you how pathetic a lot of these people are, and enamored with power, that they can ignore all the warmongering, ignore the racist shit that John McCain was involved in, involve all the ass-kissing kick of of healthcare lobbyists, all because McCain one time smiled at them. (laughs) Well, uh, it also builds into the
1: sort of mythical narrative about America as a force of good. And we saw a lot of really annoying stuff from people at, like, in the official human rights lobby, like and by that I mean human rights watch, which is on a lot of issues hemmed very closely uh, to the state department line, we saw like sarah morgan the uh, the the d c director talk about how what a moment because John McCain is such a defender of human rights in not to belabor the issue because a lot of people have been talking about this, and Adam Johnson. Brought this up on his Twitter feed in in citing Sarah's tweets is on Yemen alone he he's been awful and one of the worst lawmakers in enabling the fucking what's what the Saudis have been doing yeah. in Yemen and it, it it just makes you want to tear your hair out.
0: <laughs> I think uh, it was you who had the tweet uh, earlier that the real Vietnam War heroes are the ones that dodge the draft.
1: That no, that resisted, resisted the, the draft. draft. The
0: only American, I
1: the, no. Well, listen, I, 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 mean that because I think we can draw a distinction. Yeah, between, between Trump, between Trump and Bill Clinton, and people who made a point of resisting the draft.
0: Yeah, I don't have a problem with people who like fled to Canada, though. No, no, no. I, I don't. But yeah. I, I. But we don't want to call them heroes. Exactly. Okay, exactly. That's fair. I would say
1: that I will offer as well that in the John McCain guy who shot down John McCain dichotomy <laughs> the guy who shot down John McCain is the war hero there's, there's no question argue about with that, that. W- w- one thing that's driving me mad though about and, and I'm sorry for if, if I'm going on and on and on here it's right. as, as Sam Sacks re-
0: what people would e- have expected
1: <laughs> As Sam Sacks reaches for his water bottle tearing up the script tearing up his timing cue cards for today uh what was I saying again John McCain he's bad <laughs> No, no, I'm sorry. What was driving me mad was when people were like, "Oh, the White House—they uh, reportedly nixed a statement calling John McCain a war hero," and and and, uh, and and journalists are saying John McCain is a war hero. Like, I'm just wondering how many Pinocchios is FactCheck.org going to give people who who are saying that John McCain was
0: actually a war villain? Well, they've never issued a lie until recently, apparently. <laughs> Um, Look, we don't get any pleasure District Sentinel
1: gets six and a half Pinocchios For calling John McCain a bad guy
0: We don't get any pleasure out of uh, Making fun of a dead guy Well, maybe a little bit when it comes to John McCain But this is important work that we're doing here Because it's necessary That people like John McCain Don't come around again That people aren't able to con reporters and con D.C. establishment into thinking that they're like some independent voice when they're actually supporting the Republican Party line all the time, uh, voted with Trump over 80% of the time, upwards of 90% of the time, John McCain, no maverick, supported corporate interest, voted for every war he could possibly uh, voted for. His votes are responsible for the deaths of millions of people. And it's important that we shame these people and considering that we're confronted with all this hagiography about John McCain that it completely misses his life. I'm I'm wondering who they're referring to when they talk about him being a maverick or her being him being brave and standing up. No, that wasn't him. So we need to shame John McCain as much as we can to prevent another John McCain in the future. Yeah. And I, I would not expect
1: a Democratic politician or even Most politicians to say some of the stuff that we're saying, but you don't have to go out of your way to be like he was a exemplary legislator, whatever, like thinking of Ocasio-Cortez and what Bernie Sanders said. damn, It was really bad. Don't do it. I I think the gold standard here, Shama Sawant, she she issued a very straightforward statement
0: about John McCain. I didn't catch it. (laughs) But it was pretty straightforward. I'll take your word for it uh also would lee, you like lee, me to uh, look it up and you, read it or you can look it up if you want also lee carter not really referring to john mccain but tweeting out today that when henry kissinger dies already looking ahead toward henry kissinger's death he will not have any good words to say he also added
1: apropos of nothing <laughs> which uh was was pretty uh chef kiss of a troll in my opinion there
0: Okay, uh, should... Well we, well, we missed some other stuff. We're going to have more on McCain's legacy in this week's zine. Sam Knight itching to write that piece. Uh, that's for our Patreon. Yeah. pieces. Yeah. Uh, Patreon subscribers can read the zine. $3 a month. Patreon.com slash District Sentinel. One more thing, I guess, before we move on from McCain, the uh Swant's
1: statement. A politician's legacy is a political, not personal question, an enthusiastic supporter of every imperialist war while in office. John McCain shares responsibility for hundreds of thousands of deaths. To whitewash that is to disrespect those who died in Iraq, Afghanistan, elsewhere.
0: It I, continues. But you can respect yeah, I get that. I the only thing I would have added is he crashed a lot of planes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, What else do we miss? Uh, Cohen and Manafort. On the same day, we got guilty verdicts for Manafort and Cohen pleading guilty. Um, And in a turn of events, Cohen, whose lawyer is Lanny Davis, who, if Hillary Clinton would have won, Lanny Davis might have had a spot somewhere in the Clinton administration. Anyways, he's now representing Cohen and has a GoFundMe going for Cohen's legal services to get paid. I haven't checked what the latest is on that bullshit, but... Like last week when I checked, it was somewhere around $30,000. Hopefully it doesn't go uh, any higher than that. Uh, Cohen alleging that uh, Donald Trump knew all about the payment to Stormy Daniels. and uh, I got to say, if there's any conspiracy
1: that uh, had an impact on the 2016 election... Probably the payments to Stormy Daniels, which, have. had she gone public during the Republican primary, might not have sunk Trump. Well, oh, he whittled his there. way out of that one again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're right about that.
0: How, how's, how's Lanny's GoFundMe doing? I don't even want to check, but uh, don't give money to FBI agents. Don't give money to Michael Cohen's legal defense. No, if you do want to support a good GoFundMe... Help out our internet friend, my
1: internet friend, Lena. Lena Borgi. Yes. She is uh, uh, looking for people to help wrap up her transition, raising money on GoFundMe. It's her birthday tomorrow, by the way. So, happy birthday, happy early birthday, Lena. I'm usually saying happy belated birthday. This Look time, at you. this time I get to say happy early birthday. Wow. Being a extremely good boy. Uh, anyway, GoFundMe.com. Let me look up the exact URL here, real quick. Help dash me dash wrap dash up dash my dash transition, I believe. Anyway, L Bourgie on Twitter, twitter.com <laughs> slash L Bourgie.
0: B O U R G I E. Good, good, good. Same night, uh, really crunching those notes before the show here. <laughs> All right. Uh, what do we did we want to bring
1: this up? We d- we do want to bring this up. We have uh, we have a lot on the uh, docket here for yeah, our show. We're back. gonna get to the newscast we're, here in just a just second. a second. But we wanted to talk. We talking about Michael Cohen. Now we want to talk about another Cohen, uh, Alexander Micah Cohen, aka Dude Slater. Uh, some of you have, uh, I'm sure, a lot of you have heard about his case. Uh, he's facing charges for something he tweeted. Uh, he was in court in D.C. Recently, a lot of people might know him because of his calls into our rant line uh, on this show in the past. And we'd like to comment, but after getting in touch, uh, we'd like to respect his privacy. Uh, But our thoughts are uh, currently with him right now. Definitely. During this ordeal.
0: Je suis Dude Slater. (laughs) Okay. We did have some new Patreon subscribers over our vacation, so got a few haikus to read before we get to the newscast.
1: This is for Mad Dog. Mushy apples bad. The summer equivalent
0: dehydrated corn. Mm. Sounds bad, too. Thank you, Mad Dog. This one is for William S. The Hitchhiker's Guide. Instead of a towel, though, it is a loud pack. Thank you, William S.
1: This is for Jack. CNN Flag Watch. MSNBC Flag Clock. Fox News Suck
0: Shit Balls. Thank you, Jack. Finally, this is for Corey. McCain is dead. Time to lower the flag. Half staff. Lower. Just burn it. Thank you, Corey. Yes. Thank you, Corey. Thank you to all the new subscribers on Patreon. We got more haikus coming your way tomorrow. That's patreon.com/slash district sentinel. Five bucks a month. You get access to bonus content. You get to live stream the show, and you get your own haiku. It's Monday, August 27th, 2018. Here's the news. <laughs>
1: There was a major development today in NAFTA renegotiations. The U.S. and Mexico announced the framework of a preliminary deal. Details released so far show the most substantive changes were in the market for cars. The revised terms would see an increase in the percentage of autos made in countries party to the deal to 75% from 62.5%. They would also require between 40 and 45% of cars to be made by workers making at least $16 an hour, according to Reuters. The Wire Service reported that prior to the framework agreement, there had been complications on the Mexican side between incoming leftist president Andres Manuel Luis Obrador and the, in- and the incumbent neoliberal Enrique Peña Nieto. Peña Nieto had passed reforms opening up Mexico's oil market. Obrador wanted to make sure they weren't written into the deal. So far, this seems like an actual positive development under Trump, one the president may have stumbled into with Obrador winning Mexico's election in July. He takes office in December. We talked about that in a recent interview with Lori Wallach, public citizens trade expert. Patreon.com slash District Sentinel. Nice. Unshameless plug there. Anyway, this is still very preliminary. Congress needs to have its say. And there's also the issue of Canada, which is the United States' second largest trading partner. Here's what Trump had to say about that in a bizarre press conference from the Oval Office, where Nieto joined in via speakerphone
0: after a few tries.
2: Canada will start uh, shortly. I'll be uh, calling the prime minister very soon, and we'll start negotiation. And if they'd like to negotiate fairly, we'll uh, we'll do that. You know, they have uh, tariffs of almost 300 percent on some of our dairy products, so we can't have that. We're not going to stand for that. Uh, I think with Canada, frankly, the easiest thing we can do is to tariff their cars coming in. It's a tremendous amount of money, and it's a very simple negotiation. It could end in one day, and we take in a lot of money the following day. But I think we'll give them a chance to uh, probably have a separate deal. We could have a separate deal, or we could put it into this deal.
1: Not to be a grammar guy, I think that's the first time I've ever heard anyone use tariff as a verb. Last week, Justin Trudeau reacted positively to news that a U.S.-Mexico framework was nearing completion. The Canadian prime minister said, quote, "...we are encouraged by the optimism expressed by the U.S. and Mexico." He added, "...we also recognize that we will only sign a good deal for Canadians." Whatever happens, stock markets reacted positively today... The Dow was above 26,000 points after news broke of the framework. Still, the possibility remains of imminent trade disputes with China, the United States' now largest trading partner. Here was Trump from the Oval Office.
2: As you know, we're we're working unrelated to this. We're working uh, very much with other countries. Uh, China is uh, one. They want to talk, and it's just not right time to talk right now. To be honest with China, it's been. Uh, It's too one-sided for too many years, for too many decades, and so it's not the right time to talk. But eventually, I'm sure that we'll be able to work out a deal with China. In the meantime, we're doing very well with China.
1: Still holding out hope that Trump pisses off China so much,
0: they nationalize Apple. Series of Trump executive orders that would have made it easier for his administration to fire and curb the pay of public workers was tossed out by a federal judge over the weekend. The ruling found that the executive orders, which were billed by the White House as a means to promote government efficiency, sounded like bullshit, was bullshit, violated federal laws guaranteeing collective collective bargaining rights for public workers. Trump signed the measures in May permitting department and agency heads to streamline the process of firing employees. The executive orders would have also limited the time allowed for collective bargaining negotiations and restricted how often certain employees could engage in union activities on the job. Federal worker unions like the AFL-CIO brought the suit against the administration. The groups noted that any changes to workers' rights must have input from the unions themselves and that the president can't unilaterally sign them away with his pen. Judge Jackson, in this case, agreed in the end, saying about the orders, quote, the president must be deemed to have exceeded his authority in issuing them. The White House is considering its next legal steps. While head of the Consumer Financial
1: Protection Bureau, Mick Mulvaney allegedly suppressed a report on the biggest banks in the country ripping off student borrowers. That's according to the outgoing head of the CFPB Student Lending Office. Seth Frotman, made the allegations in a resignation letter obtained today, first by the Associated Press. Seems like a pretty big deal. According to American Banker, the report was specifically about large banks and, quote, dubious account fees, and it came from CFPB staff. Frotman had been in his role for seven years while he served under Director Richard Cordrout, Cordray, excuse me, he helped bring in $750 million in penalties from firms that sold shady student loans. In his, resi- in his resignation letter, Froatman accused Mulvaney of using the CFPB, quote, to serve the wishes of the most powerful financial companies in America. He also accused Mulvaney of folding to political pressure last year after the Department of Education stopped sharing data with the CFPB on student loans, Education Secretary Betsy DeVos is a billionaire from a wealthy family, and she owns equity in for-profit colleges and student loan collection agencies. That's according to her own financial disclosures. Her agency backs much of the $1.3 trillion student loan market. Doesn't get much more Dickensian than this.
0: Yeah, the saga of defrauded students in this country and how they just can't get any dang relief. They fought tooth and nail with the Obama administration to just get crumbs of relief. And now they can't get anything. It's going backwards. What Trump administration? You
1: want out of your full profit online college loans?
0: Finally, today, the Government Accountability Office released a new report identifying what could be traces of gender discrimination in the consumer market. The oversight agency began uh, the probe at the urging of Democratic lawmakers who suspected that women were being charged more than men for comparable products. GAO looked at 10 personal care products like deodorant and shaving cream and found that sure enough, women are being charged more for basically the same stuff than men. And five out of 10 products, body deodorant, underarm deodorant, same stuff to me, but I guess different products, uh, perfume, shaving cream, and body spray, women. Oh, so you don't know the difference between <laughs> those two deodorants. So that's what that smells like. <laughs> Anyways, in these products, women paid more than men, both in total and on a per ounce basis of the product. In two products, shaving gel and non disposable razors, men paid more. And in two categories, pricing was relatively uh, the same. So, what does all this mean? Well, the GAO concluded that uh, the target gender for a product is a significant factor contributing to price differences identified. Why is that? Well, GAO isn't sure. The agency isn't ready to conclude discrimination is at work. The oversight body claimed it couldn't fully incorporate data on packaging and advertising of products, so therefore it couldn't single out the reason for increased prices. In the same report, GAO GAO found that women also pay higher mortgage rates than men. The discrepancy was chalked up to women in general earning less income than men and thus having weaker credit, thus identifying another problem. There currently are no federal laws prohibiting companies from charging men and women different prices for the same or similar products. So here we have women getting paid less than men. And oftentimes, as this study shows, getting charged more than men. Pretty shitty.
1: So I guess nothing will happen according to the law. No one will get punished if
0: it's uh, definitively found that there is Uh, Deliberate gender price discrimination Right, there's no law against it And this is one of those times where GAO Seem to have uh, weaseled out Of coming to any sort of conclusion And didn't really do a thorough Enough study to come to one
1: Well, if anything, this should lead to some uh, Very extremely good Cringeworthy corporate social media Posts (laughs) about how they're
0: sorry (laughs) Folks, we have reached the end Of the show It's good to be back with all of you Thank you for bearing with us. The Rant Line... A little rusty today. Yes, the Rant Line is now open. Call, leave a message. We'll play it on air, 202-684-6108. Sponsors of the show include the Congressional Dish podcast, hosted by Jen Briney. Find it at congressionaldish.com. Another sponsor, levelnews.org. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or tune in by searching for District Sentinel Radio. Give us a review. Give us a rating. Tell your friends to listen. Also, subscribe on Patreon. Patreon.com slash District Sentinel. $3 a month, you get the zine at the end of the week. $5 a month, you get the zine. You get to live stream the show. You get bonus content. You get your own haiku. It's the best deal in town. $15 a month. You want to get a t-shirt? $15 a month? Whatever you can spare, we'll take it. Patreon.com slash District Sentinel. We're here in D.C., so you...
2: Don't have to be.